The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. A bit of a loner. I tend to think of myself as a one-man wolf pack. But when my sister brought Doug home, I knew he was one of my own. And my wolf pack, it grew by one. So were there two of us, there were two of us in the wolf pack. I was alone first in the pack. And then Doug joined in later. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure, I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together in Las Vegas, looking for strippers and cocaine. MJF inspired that intro tonight, everyone. Joel, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think it, it's probably the right time to point out that I've never seen The Hangover. Oh, no. And actually, oh. I'm, I'm kind of good with that. I'm, I'm kind oh. of really, really good with that. Um, considering, like, Todd Phillips decided to go all incel on everybody. He did, and then he made the Joker, and it's a damn shame. But the first one was so good. Screw the second and third one. They were freaking insane. But, oh, well, that kind of takes the, <laughs> the momentum out of my. I whipped that together in like 30 minutes tonight, and that sounded pretty good. Yeah, no, so. it was, it, I, <laughs> I knew what it was from. I get the reference. And, uh, and yeah, you know, MJF, he's, uh, he's a wolf pack of one. Um, but uh, welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and I'm here as always with Mike, and we have a lot to discuss from this week's episode of All Elite Wrestling. So, uh, Mike, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I, uh, I've been having some back issues the last week and a half. I don't know if it was from working out or moving some boxes in my apartment, but uh, usually it goes away. But man, it it's lingered. So I went to the uh, chiropractor yesterday for the first time. And luckily, it's my buddy. Um, so he was able to kind of like help me out. And it feels like I greet like when you grease up a squeaky door, and it just moves so well, my hip, my, my hips feel amazing. And my legs have not been this mobile in like a decade. So thank you to my buddy, the only buddy to massage my ass. Um, and you know, I feel good. I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I got a little pep in my step now. So uh, I feel like that kinda, only kinda needs kinda to need come it. with an asterisk because, you know, <laughs> you never asked. Uh, man. Yeah. But, you know, uh, everything else is going well. You know, the Cowboys disappointed me on Sunday and, you know, at least your team scored 30 points. So <laughs> I should feel good about that. My team put up a stinker. Yeah, and then we decided to run the ball four times. <laughs> they still had a long way to go, which yeah. shocked me. It was still like 50-plus yards. They were running four in a row with two and a half minutes left. What the hell? <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I would say dance with the horse that, that brung you, but we didn't. We went away from Christian McCaffrey and handed off to the fullback, which... I can't remember a single time that has worked for a team that I was cheering for. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have vivid memories of getting shredded by other teams' fullbacks on bizarre uh, handoffs, but 
it's never worked for a team that I was pulling for. So uh, I think we should just not do that ever again. Definitely not. Definitely not. In other news, I pre-ordered PlayStation 5 tonight. Super stoked about that. Going to bring in the post-election with video games. So either just add to my celebratory mood or, or help me with depression. So either way, win, win for me. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to so, sit out the next gen. I think I'm, I'm just going to stick with uh, the switch because it's really all I want in a console. <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a triple a gamer anymore. So I play uh, enough of the, 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 you know, the cross, like the other titles that I usually, I usually will have one. They're kind of getting me with this this cheaper version of the Xbox, though. Like that three hundred dollar price tag is awfully tempting, but gonna go with the PS Five to start. I have a couple games right off the bat that's gonna be launched that I want to play. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty excited, Joel. Uh, I I have dominated the beginning of the podcast. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you know it's it's fine. I got my my stuff in. It's uh it's all good. Like Tajiri, always make sure to get my stuff in. Um, <laughs> Just don't spit mist in my face, okay? <laughs> Let's get into it. Want to? Yeah, sure, dude. Let's do it. The dynamite that was. Okay, dynamite started off with the Young Bucks super kicking a ref, continuing their heelish ways. This was followed by our opening match between FTR and Jurassic Express. FTR getting the win via nefarious means in that match. Next up was a backstage ambush in which we discovered Matt Hardy with a knee injury. So not enough for him to be recently suffering injuries on the pay-per-view, but no, we have to attack him backstage as well. Uh, this was ahead of the match between Frankie Kazarian and Adam Page. Adam Page getting the victory in that affair. Kenny Omega was on commentary, advancing that storyline. Next up, MJF squashed Sean Dean and then cut a promo in which he declared that he is a lone wolf but maybe it's time for him to seek out a pack. This was followed by a breakdown of Ricky Stark's signature moves by Taz, a returning segment. And then we got a promo from Eddie Kingston, which he discussed that this family settles things with violence and then alluded to the fact that the Blade needed to get his household in order. So... Seems like the start of a budding storyline there. Next up was a match between Private Party and the tag team of Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Name pending. Jericho and Hager got the victory in that match. This was followed by the NWA Women's Championship match between Ibelis and Thunder Rosa. This was a great match in which Thunder Rosa got the win, retaining her title. And after the match... Rosa was jumped by Ivelisse and Diamante, and who came to her rescue? None other than Hikaru Shida. Next up, we got a backstage promo with Miro and Kip Sabian, and after that was a big kerfuffle in the ring, out of the ring, involving Lance Archer, Taz, Jake Roberts, John Moxley, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and Will Hobbs. Woo woo. Dynamite closed up with the main event, which was a parking lot fight between best friends and proud and powerful, and eventually one Orange Cassidy. 
best friends got the victory and that was this week's dynamite oh joel were you inspired by chris berman this weekend because that was perfect my man I've always been a big fan of of Chris Berman, but I I would never presume to be on that level. Need some more. Stock up, stock down. I'll I'll have to, uh, I'll practice my Foley work and and we'll see. We'll see where we get with that. Can't wait. All right. Well, this was a stack show and I had a couple other items that I wanted to talk about first. And then the main event happened. Holy shit, Joel, were you emotionally prepared for what came out of this match? I don't think I was. I definitely wasn't prepared for Trent to get powerbombed through the windshield of a car and to come up with little fragments of glass all in his back. I mean, there was so much uh, blood and violence in this match. I felt like I was watching Lucha Underground. I mean, it was seriously a violent affair. And I loved every second of it, even when I was cringing and hiding behind my hands. I mean, it was it was riveting television. I was fantastic. This was a pay-per-view level match, a pay-per-view level main event match even on on free TV. So, man, I got to stop underestimating AEW when they make these types of matches not on pay-per-views because we have been blown away by some of the dynamite. Uh, main events since the company uh, started. So just once again, expectations were, you know, this should be fun to wow. Just really insane stuff. And the like the the power bombs on top of the cars, the power bombs, the windshield, um, the like two by fours over the back, like Trent's back was dripping in blood. Uh, Just stuff you didn't really think you could see on TV. <laughs> not to Especially mention in 2020. Not to mention we got uh Santana dropping an F bomb. So, you know, there's <laughs> that. They bleeped it out, but still I was like, he just dropped an F bomb. That's you know, that seems a little bit extreme. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me. Um just, I not really I I loved I love this match. I love Orange Cassidy showing up with a John Cena style chain wrapped around his hands. And, you know, like maybe Santana Ortiz deserved to get some wins here, but they've been pushing the best friends for months. They were MVPs of the tag division during the quarantine tapings and they deserved it. And I loved, I loved Sue flipping the bird at the end of the show. You got a stone cold salute from Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, since we're talking about this match, I'm going to go ahead and throw in my, my random observation of the week right now, uh, which is, did you notice the uh, the banner ad that was the backdrop to this match? No, I didn't see it. It's big blue background, and it simply said, it's nicer here. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it was an ad for, because you couldn't see the whole thing, but it just said, it's nicer here. And I thought that being the backdrop to this this chaos, this parking lot fight in this circle of vehicles that were set up that served as the stage for this demolition derby that it's nicer here was just a hilarious juxtaposition. So, so there you go. That that's it right off the top. My random observation of the week. Uh, apparently that's like a slogan for Daly's place. 
Gotcha. It's nicer here. I feel like that there needs to be more to that. What's it nicer than just everything? Apparently. uh, I I mean, I kind of like am jealous of all the people who live nearby who can go and watch AW socially distanced. So yeah, I I would say Daly's place is probably nicer than the rest of the world right now. I don't know. It's still in Florida. Take that Florida. Yeah. Eat shit flow. Right. Um, Hey, don't but, talk about Flo Rida like that. Yeah, I've seen him at WrestleManias. He he kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, I I I think this this kind of felt like a definitive end to this feud. Um, it also feels like a definitive end of the best friend versus um inner circle story that we've been seeing going on for months, you know, with the Cassidy. Jericho match, the best friends, proud and powerful match. And if this is kind of the end of the feud for now, great, great way to end it. Great exclamation point. Let's get these teams to move on to to other things. I'm trying to, you know, in my head, armchair quarterback this. Where do I want to see all these teams go? Um, and if FTR is going to keep doing these, you have to beat us to to get a title match. Man, I'd love to see Santiago Ortiz versus FTR. I'd love to see the best friends versus FTR. And like MJF said, there's factions forming and all over the place. So there's plenty of groups that these teams could feud with. And I think what I love about AEW is that in the tag team division, you don't have to be in the title feud to be on TV, which is what we see from the other wrestling company. They had three tag team matches on tonight, all telling different stories (laughs) and meaning different things. So uh, I normally I'd be like, man, I'm a little con- concerned with this feud ending, but I trust AEW to put these teams in a position to succeed and show out. Maybe give them a few weeks to rest because this was this was physical. Yeah. So uh, I was reminded that this was a match we were supposed to get six months ago. Uh, the very last episode of Dynamite before COVID hit was when they issued the challenge to Proud and Powerful and said, you know what, next week, uh, don't even bother coming into the arena. We'll meet you in the parking lot. And then the match never happened. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's nice that we finally got this match because I was excited about it back then. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we had the entire summer of storyline development between the inner circle and the best friends and I think it just made the payoff that much sweeter. So um, really loved this match. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was the the first taping that they did after COVID because they, they didn't say next week. They said on the next episode of Dynamite yep. because it was uncertain at the time when that was going to happen. And then, of course, you know, they did all of their pre-recording and they did the TNT tournament and all of that and everything else kind of took a back seat. So... We didn't end up getting the match at that time, but I'm glad that we finally did. For sure, man, for sure. A- anything else to say about this before we move on to our next item? Now let's move on. We got an incredible women's title match, the NWA title uh, being defended by Thunder Rosa. Ivelisse and Thunder Rosa put on an incredible match, and we just saw some really, really great wrestling uh i'm excited that we're seeing this continued 
partnership between AEW and NWA. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we're going to see Nick Aldis defend his title at an upcoming show. That would be amazing. And I can think of so many people on the roster that I would like to see participate. So um, what did you think of this match? Oh, it was fantastic, dude. Um, I just really love... I. It seems like Thunder Rosa right now, they're they're pairing her with wrestlers that they know can work this style, can work this pace, um, you know, similar in size, similar in speed and agility and stuff like that. So the Sheeta match at All Out was fantastic. And this was just a continuation, just another fantastic match. Ivelisse and Diamante are just super talented workers. And I know they haven't been in the company long and, the you know, the dynamite main roster. I know they had some dark weeks, but man, they they add something to the division. And Thunder Rosa is immediately number one or number two in this division just from pure talent. So we've talked for months about how they need needed to get some outside women into this division to give it an, a shot in the arm with all the injuries and all the COVID issues. And boy, did they do that. And what I love about Thunder Rosa's style, I have, I've only seen her wrestle a few times. Um, I didn't have the background with her like you did. But the way that it can seamlessly transition from like strong style strike heavy to like some of the most insane technical spots that I've seen, it, it's so seamless. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of a, a a staple of you know luchadors and 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 uh, stuff like that. So it, it's not surprising. But the way that she does it is just it's so smooth, it's so clean, and pairing her with people they know who can do that style i think is important to show this audience how good she is absolutely and you know i've said it before she can work any style she has it all she's incredibly strong she's incredibly fast that snap drop kick that she hit just looked devastating and of course evilly sold the hell out of it and launched herself across the ring but that drop kick was like instant there was no setup it wasn't like she jumped up and you could see it coming it was like one moment both her feet are on the ground the next moment she's horizontal parallel to the ground and Ivelisse is flying so it's just really really great stuff in this match and uh, I'm really hoping that NWA can get back to producing new content because they put together a really fun show and Thunder Rosa was a huge part of that. So I'm glad that she's here on AEW television, and I hope that we get more. Yeah, it seems like a, a perfect time for NWA to do this because they're not making content right now. So why don't you let the second biggest wrestling company in the country help get over one of your stars? Will, will this maybe eventually lead to Thunder Rosa leaving and joining AEW full time? Maybe, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, and a couple things from this match. I love the Death Valley driver. It's always been one of my favorite moves. So uh seeing Thunder Rosa hit that again and then uh you know Hangman Page hit that the other night uh earlier in the night too. So love some uh DVD back in my life and holy shit, Tombstone Pile Driver for the win. What up? That was great. <laughs> and yeah, great you finish. Don't, don't, I know you see that on the indies a lot, tombstones, but you don't usually see that on TV very often. Other wrestlers nailing a tombstone. So it was pretty sweet to see that. And, and Joel, I was kind of, you know, thinking earlier, 
you know, AW relied on Joshi's last year quite a bit when they first started. You know, Sheeta and Rio were in the first AW Women's Championship match. Sheeta has carried the division basically since March. Uh, it seems they're doing something similar here with um, these 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 women, uh, Ivelisse, Diamante, Thunder Rosa, um, kind of bringing them in, highlighting them. You know, maybe maybe that's kind of the direction they want to carry the division here for a little bit, kind of get this Lucha Libre style and wrestlers into um, the forefront. Yeah, well, whatever they're doing, it's working. And I mean, we've seen mostly these four kind of interacting with with one another lately. Uh, But there's so many other women on the roster that I'd like to see. And uh, I say so many. Really, I want to see Big Swole get involved. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's really what I'm waiting for is for her to get in the ring with some of these newer workers uh, to the company. Um, Not newer, obviously, they're very experienced, but newer to AEW because those are matches we haven't seen. And, you know, I just I want more swole. So uh, but I, I think what we saw tonight and with the setup for this tag match next week is that the women's division is healthy. So it's going to get better as more and more of their talent come back from injury or from travel restrictions. But even as it stands right now, the women's division is in good shape. Yeah, it feels like a good time to potentially do a a multi-woman type match for the title, maybe on that anniversary show. Uh, We haven't had, I can't think of any multi-competitor championship women's matches. It might have been a fatal four-way early on, but um, I think that'd be a good way to get more women on the card and to highlight the division. I can't Um, remember a triple threat for a title in general in AEW. There was... I believe there was a tag team triple t- triple threat match for the title at one point. Um, but yeah, they 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 stayed away from multi-person matches. Okay, uh, at Full Gear last year, there was a triple threat tag team title match between SEU, Scorpio, uh, SEU, Private... Uh, sorry, I, I looked it up. Lucha Brothers, SEU, and Private Party at Full Gear. So that's the only one. Um, for the the championship. So And that was the like inaugural be... championship match, wasn't it? No, no. SCU won it in uh the tournament finals. Remember the tournament? Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. This was the I think this was one of the first this was the first title defense, I believe. Um so I, I feel like it would be a perfect time for that, especially if you brought you know, you had those the four women in the ring tonight, but you could very easily, without having to make a lot of storyline adjustments, get big swollen to that match. Especially if Britt Baker is going to need a little more time to get back to being able to do full in the ring stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the women's division is in good shape. I'm a little concerned that the big time talent they brought in isn't necessarily signed. You know, true. Because you know it's it's not long term. It it won't be long term until it's long term. So <laughs> you know, like I know that sounds dumb, but it's same thing with like NFL contracts. It's not done till it's done. Um, so like. The concern for me is, yeah, you're using all this goodwill and energy to help build Thunder Rosa and build up another match between her and Cheetah. And then maybe NWA gets production back and she's gone. And then you just lost someone you built up for the last two, three months. So that's my only concern, but I'm going to enjoy the wave while we have it because Thunder Rosa is fucking awesome. 
and super exciting in the ring. For sure. So the other thing we wanted to talk about, and it's an all stock up week, um, is the AEW title picture, in particular the segment where we had Lance Archer and Jake Roberts come out and cut a promo and pull Taz out to the ring. And I love the way they did this because we need more transactions in pro wrestling. I like that the heels aren't just teaming up because they're heels. There's something in it for team Taz. So uh, Taz and Jake Roberts revealed that in exchange for their services, if Lance Archer defeats John Moxley, then there's going to be a title shot in the future for team Taz. And that's good storytelling. This makes sense. This is people doing stuff that makes sense. And it explains why these people are working together. I hate when people are just paired up because I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. Let's be good guys together. I'm a bad guy. You're a bad guy. Let's be bad guys together. It's just not compelling. And this did a good job of bridging that gap. So then Moxley came out to confront them and was jumped by Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. And then who came to the rescue? None other than Will Hobbs, who I am just... Yes. really really high on and i thought this was an awesome spot for him to come in and look like a total beast swinging that chair around and scaring off both brian cage and ricky starks so uh mox also announced that darby allen will be a part of his team for this upcoming six-man tag match next week so i thought this was a really good segment and i'm also just really excited for will hobbs to be getting this spot Oh, yeah, man. When Will Hobbs came out swinging, I, I marked out. I was so stoked. And he, as of yesterday or even earlier today, he is signed to AEW. So his weekly dark tryout matches are over. And boy, is he involved in a big time storyline right off the bat. So uh, one thing that was really interesting about the way that this whole brawl started Remember, I think it was last week where like a fan tried to approach Moxley and got like taken out by security. That was at all out. Was that at all out? Okay, yeah, at all out. Well, two weeks later, in the exact same spot of the arena, they kind of play back to that by having him get legit attacked by uh, Team Taz. So I thought that was a nice little attention to detail throwback, kind of a, a nudge of what's happened before. So I really like that and. The, this isn't just everything on the the show tonight had storyline implications. There didn't really feel to be anything that was random. That was just, well, we'll throw it together and we'll throw it together. Everything served a purpose tonight. Yeah. And we have this mini pay-per-view basically with AW homecoming in October. And this six man tag match next week is going to be super interesting. Like, we have, God, ta- uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, who we have both praised for months. You've been on that Will Hobbs hype train from day one. We love Darby Allen and throw in John Moxley and the Murderhawk in their first confrontation, really, since uh, Archer joins AEW. Like that is a six man tags. I'm I'm conditioned to hate six man tags. And AEW has been helping me rehab from that for the last year. 
because six-man tags in AEW rule. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And I look at this match and I see, you know, obviously you have Mox and Lance Archer who are going to be facing off on the 14th. Uh, Will Hobbs and Brian Cage kind of had a little stare-down moment in the Battle Royal, so it makes sense for those to be matched up. And then obviously we know about the ongoing feud between Ricky Starks and Darby Allen with Ricky Starks kind of dressing up as and mocking Darby and his whole presentation and his whole attitude. So there's a lot of story wrapped up in this one match, but it's not cobbled together in a way that doesn't make any sense. By having Taz come out and explain the transaction of it, it makes sense why they are there. And then Moxley chose people to match up with the folks who are on the other side. So it all makes logical sense. Not to mention that kind of mentor, mentor E relationship they've established with Darby earlier this summer. So the fact that they've been kind of in this feud with team Taz together at various points, it all makes sense. Like it wasn't thrown together and that's God, this was such a, I'm going to transition a little bit. This was such a well-put-together show. Yeah. Like, everything made sense. The timing was right. The transitioning was right. And, like, even the, like, what could have been a one-off of Jericho and Private Party with the whole Matt Hardy taking a bat to the knee at some point, like, that storyline can continue. So everything had a purpose. Everything was connected. There are so many times when you're watching the other wrestling company where you're like, does this matter? Is this like, can I go to the bathroom? Can I get popcorn? I didn't eat dinner tonight, Joel, because it was not a good time for me to go warm up some chicken. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. There is a lot that we can talk about from this show. And with that in mind, do you want to transition to lightning round so we can talk about some of that? Yes, sir. Lightning round. So the first thing that I want to talk about is what I'm most curious about coming off of this show. And that is the interaction between Eddie Kingston and the blade mentioned it earlier, but they had this whole promo where Eddie Kingston came out and talked about how we're not a faction. We're not a stable. We're a family and family works things out. And then he compared their family to a normal family and a normal family, you know, goes out to dinner, maybe gets some therapy. uh, But they solve things through violence. So they they pulled a couple of people out of the crowd and beat them up. And then at the close of that segment, Eddie Kingston calls over the blade and says, you know, in light of, you know, what we just did here, you got to get your house right. And Blade kind of nodded, understanding what Eddie Kingston was referring to. And then commentary put it over by being like, what's he talking about? I have no idea. So we have this mystery And going back to something, and I I know I've mentioned this before on the pod, although it's been a while, uh, Eric Bischoff always used to talk about how one of the things that you want to do on commentary and in putting together a show is create a question. You don't necessarily want to spell things out for the viewer. You want to create a question so that people have something to think about and ruminate on and get excited for the possibilities. And that's what this segment did for me. What's up with the blade? What's this family that he's talking about? What does he need to get right? And oh, dude, I know, I know exactly what it is, man. I know exactly what it is. Oh yeah, the blade. The blade is married to the bunny in real life. Oh, I did not know that. 
QT Marshall, you're about to get bladed, bitch. <laughs> like it's going down. You get like if you want to bring reality into the show, that makes perfect sense. They've been married for seven something years now. Gotcha. So that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, they, it's it's one of those things that they don't really emphasize it. Like <laughs> you, you don't you don't you know, like they tease other relationship couples in AEW and on wrestling in general. Like other than them being paired up at the beginning, you wouldn't have known if unless you looked it up. So. That is my guess, is that he's going to go bring the bunny back into the fold. And well, QT Marshall a... needs something to do. Uh, exactly. So I'm all for it. And uh, I think By the way, those if two they're... could have a really good match. Mm-hmm. And if their faction is named the Agent of Chaos, Agents of Chaos, hey, that's awesome. They could just be the family, which I thought that was what they were going to be called. But that Agent of Chaos line really kind of did it for me tonight where they just started beating up randos in the crowd <laughs> for sure what do you got yeah i want to talk about that hangman page frankie kazarian match and i had some flashbacks to ring of honor ring of honor best in the world 2017 joel from the lower memorial auditorium where we saw hangman page and frankie kazarian in a strap match and for a match that was three years ago both wrestlers look better now Absolutely. Uh, like, <laughs> it's and, insane. You know, I saw that this match was happening and that was what I thought of right away. And uh, I even tweeted it at Kazarian that that's my favorite match that I've seen in person. Uh, and it is. <laughs> that match was incredible. And uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen another match in person where I walked in not being a fan of either wrestler and I walked out being a huge fan of both guys. So I was really excited to see these two run it back and I thought it was a great match. Yeah, and I want to give props to commentary here. I thought they did a really good job of emphasizing, especially with Kenny on commentary, the difference between being a singles competitor and a tag team competitor. They made a point throughout the match that this would be a time where he would make, you normally go make a tag or this is the time where you could expect to be saved. Like, I just really like that emphasis of this slow. You mean, you mean Kenny being a passive aggressive shitbag heel? Yes. Yes. It was amazing. And the look of on Hangman's face when he turned around post match to see Kenny was gone. Yeah. Oh. Oh. All right, Joel, what's your next item on lightning round? So I really, really loved the opening match between FTR and Jurassic Express. And I thought we got kind of an extended opening segment. You know, we've talked about before how the opening segment of any Jurassic Express match is just Jungle Boy doing a bunch of really impressive wrestling things. And it felt like it was an even longer stretch in this match and, you know, pulled out even more cool spots and transitions and he is so freaking good. Like he he obviously needs to get better on the mic. We've heard him speak a few times and it's not tremendously impressive. Uh, but once he does, and I have no doubt that he will, he's going to be, you know, one of the top stars in the company. He has so much physical charisma and he's an amazing performer in the ring. Not to mention he has the best hair in the company. <laughs> well, man, you know, you know, at some point he's going to go Hollywood and he's going to cut that hair off and it's going to be fantastic. But no, th- this match was great. And MV- and um, my MVP of that match was Jungle Boy. I thought he carried it. Um, 
and just to see where he came, like he was pretty polished when he entered the company a year ago, but everything just looks like a tick faster, you know, just maybe half a second faster than it might've been before. It's like when a, uh, a wide receiver in the NFL, usually from year two to year three, they make their biggest jump. It seems like we've gotten to see that jump on TV every week with Jungle Boy. And yeah, I agree. Star, fun match, fun match. I love the Bucks coming out and blasting a referee and then just throwing money at Tony Khan. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just m- more great storytelling there from those guys. Um, and yeah, a- a- my next item is I want to talk about that MJF promo. And I know I know I kind of made fun of him with the Wolfpack intro, but I thought the undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned AW world champion was really good. And I loved him kind of like getting Justin Roberts to announce it with gusto and heart. And did you notice Wardlow kind of rolling his eyes during the uh, like, I fancy myself a lone wolf. Did you what did you notice that? Is that I always of course you noticed. <laughs> he rolled his eyes as soon as he said it, and it was perfect. Wardlow's great. Like I'm so excited for the 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 Wardlow future. Whether it's the winter of Wardlow, the summer of Wardlow, it just needs to happen, and I can't wait for him to destroy MJF and. I want that feud so bad. And I feel like they've been teasing it for so long. Uh, But, you know, knowing AEW and how they do things, it's probably going to be like a year and a half down the road. We finally get this payoff and it'll be amazing. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm, I'm not worried about them, like, not pulling the trigger at the right moment. Like, if he starts getting some, some positive vibes from the limited crowd and online, like, I have, I have no fear that they they that they would say no. That's the plan. Says we're not doing this till next year. So if he keeps doing shit like that and putting on matches that he has. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get his. He's gonna we're just gonna rename December to Wardlow. So he's gonna have the Wardlow of Wardlow. Um, <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> you know, you miss all the shots you don't take, and so exactly. And I'm funny as yeah. Uh, Anything else in lightning round, buddy? Uh, just one last thing. I-, I love that we got the Taz breakdown segment again. Um, and I thought this was the best one yet. Uh, partially because Ricky Starks has the two different grips for his finisher. And, you know, practically he uses that for different sized opponents. And I like the way Taz broke it down. And it- it's... It's the best way to incorporate a real sports vibe into pro wrestling is segments like this. And I can't believe that other companies haven't done it before. Um, But, you know, someone like Taz is able to do it convincingly and with a gravitas that makes it a really fun and interesting segment. So I hope we get more breakdowns. It doesn't need to be every week, but just intermittently. Every time it pops back up, I guarantee I'm going to be excited about it. Yeah, and I got one last observation from uh, tonight's show, and that's it. This felt like a pre-COVID show, and what I mean by that is you don't need everyone on the show every single week. Like, we mm-hmm. one of the things we always loved about NXT back in the days that you could see the champion one week and not see him for two weeks, or see him in a video backstage, not in the ring. Like, 
there was no Dark Order, you know, this week after being a big storyline factor the last, you know, four weeks. Um, we didn't see any response from Dustin or QT Marshall. Uh, we didn't see Britt Baker. We didn't see Big Swole. Maybe she was in the crowd, but um, I think we're finally at the point where the roster is just available to kind of let them do what they do best. And that's that kind of early NXT type of weekly show where it's a special occasion when you see certain people and you won't see them every single week. And I feel like we're back there. Definitely. All right. Anything else, buddy? Or can we close this out in record time? Holy crap. Yeah, I feel like this, there was so much on this show. It was a really, really good episode. Um, but we've kind of touched on everything that needs to be talked about. So um, let's get out of cool. here. All right, guys. Well, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can follow Joel at The Other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're an Android guy like me, you can get us on pretty much any of the podcasting apps in the Play Store. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. And Joel, any any last words? Oh, nope, I'm sorry. Subscribe and follow. Definitely, that really helps us, gets the word out. If you want to leave a review, you can give us five stars. You can give us five Orans for all we care. But that would definitely help us out. We really appreciate it. And now, Joel, any comments before? Wow, we're done before 10, uh, 11 p.m. That's crazy. That's amazing. Um, I, think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go ahead and pull the trigger and uh, join the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Testing competition, win the war, that's their mission. Not no mercy, see the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the war pack. Here to prove a point, number one, best believe that you don't want to test with them. I'll be here for them, come in the ring with them, you're never walking out again. Don't turn your back on the war pack.